It is well known amongst the masses at Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation, Fingers Malloy, that I am a sucker for a Cameroon rapper. You're a sucker for a Cameroon rapper. I am a sucker for a Cameroon rapper. I always have been. I most probably always will be. And it may be well known that I love a good Lancero. You do love a good Lancero. Maybe. Are you reading a hostage note? <laughs> what is what what is happening? All what? is well. These are all my thoughts, and I am not under any kind of coercion or pressure to repeat what Tony is saying. And I'm showing a sign that I've handwritten, and the bit isn't working because it's radio. That is correct. It's eat, drink, smoke, or we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. He literally did hold up nothing, <laughs> pretending it was a sign, guys. He really did. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy, and we are smoking from La Flor Dominicana, their Cameroon cabinet. Now, there is, for people who are La Flor Dominicana fans, there is a, a, uh, a, a not a Lajero, a Lancero that they do that is a double Lajero. This is not that cigar. This is the Cameroon wrapper. It's a very, very different smoke. And it comes right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking it uh, as I'm talking to you. It you, you get this in that Lancero size. Lancero is seven by, thir- uh, really, seven and a half by 38. What does that mean? Seven and a half inches long. Tee It always makes fingers Malloy laugh. And 38 is the ring gauge. So the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. Tee Again. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> You really are. The seven and a half by 38. So the Lancero is a size that you don't see much of. A, not everybody makes a Lancero. B, some people don't like smoking a Lancero because it's too dainty. It's too small in the hand. They, they, they want a bigger cigar. They want to feel the cigar. I can appreciate that. The problem is, is that they lose out on what a Lancero has to offer, and that is wrapper. Flavor comes from the wrapper. And because you have such little binder and filler in a 38 ring gauge, it's a very small diameter there. What you get is wrapper flavor. And a Cameroon, in this case, is just absolutely positively perfect. So a Cameroon is is known for a couple of qualities. Fingers Malloy. The first is is that it's called toothy, right? And, And if you feel it, you look at it, there's this almost a weird kind of basket weave kind of feel, like a textured kind of feel that goes on, and it offers up, for me, this most wonderful, wonderful sweetness, touch of wood, touch of cocoa, those are the kinds of flavors that you get, but it's naturally into that sweet, so you get this, for me, a much more enjoyable, well-rounded, full, complete smoke, and I think it it does a great job of complementing other flavors. Yeah, and... Uh- like, like you said, because so much of the flavor comes from the wrapper, I could see where if you are a really big fan of a certain wrapper, if you see it in a Lancero, you would want to gravitate towards it because of, of the flavor profile of that, that wrapper. I also can understand why people may necessarily want to gravitate away from it because it is dainty in the hand. And because it's, you know, 38 ring gauge always tends to have a, a, tight, a little tighter draw than you would get. Oh, absolutely true. It's, it's, it's definitely a more interesting draw. Now, it's funny. When we did this, I didn't use a cutter on mine. I actually used my thumbnail. Yeah. Because it was so small, I could just take the cap, right? The cap end is the end you cut. The foot end 
is the cut that you light. You light the foot or toast the foot and then light the foot. The cap is where you cut. I just was able to move my thumb around it, and I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah, you did. I did that. the same. It, it, there was a little bit of a pigtail on the I cap. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, just a, 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 a tiny pigtail on oh, the cap. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Which made things a lot easier. I did not I did not notice that when, when I did it. Now, um, the, the, the binder here is, I believe, is Nicaraguan, I said, in the, in the binder and, and, and the filler. This is a cigar that is not for everybody. However, it is a cigar that if you are going to smoke cigars, you must try. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be this Cameroon, but Cameroon wrappers you do and Lanceros that you, you, you do. For me, uh, the 2003 Rocky Patel Vintage. Cameroon to me is just great. Uh, Arturo Fuente, of course, makes a tremendous line of Cameroon wrapped uh, cigars. There's just for me an absolute enjoyment here. We're just getting into the first third of uh, this uh, cigar. That's how you want to break it down: first third, second third, final third. Break it into thirds, and of course, you're gonna have a lot of third here. Yes, when you're dealing with a seven and a half inch uh, cigar. Write down what you ate that day, what you drink that day. You know, you got to get your notebook out. What's the weather like? We got lovely weather in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, it, it, it was in the 80s in the weekend, then dropped down to the 50s. And it's still perfectly spring-like uh, going on. But, Fingers, you just started smoking this. Where are you? Um, I'm getting just a slight sweetness on this. Uh, maybe not as sweet as, as what you were describing. But the wood is there. Maybe a little bit of grassiness to um, and just maybe a, a mild mild bit of pepper just a, a touch of pepper or spice uh, but to me it's more of the wood and grass with that that slight bit of sweetness first let me say that this wrapper which has a lovely bit of oil to it is very much on the light brown side with touches of darker brown uh, throughout this is the La Flor Dominicana or LFD Cameroon cabinet is what this is uh, it is giving me that perfect sweetness, almost, I would say, a cocoa-y uh, sweetness. It's not so much spicy for me, as many cigars aren't spicy for, for, for me. Um, and it has uh, that, that, that wood working throughout it. I could smoke this all day. This is the kind of cigar that gets me in trouble, because hmm. I, could, I could do three. Oh, wow. Boom. Boom, and just in, in that very, very relaxing way and relaxing style. But you are 100% correct. This cigar freaks people out. They feel that they're going to crush it. They don't know how to hold it. They feel awkward using it. I'm here to tell you, don't. I can get that if it's not your everyday. Makes perfect sense if a Lancero is not your everyday. But if you don't smoke this cigar or try it, or cigars like it because, oh, it's too small, you have no, you you can't actually get an understanding of what what the blenders are going for, what the opportunities are, what what different sizes of cigar mean to overall flavor. If you're not trying these things, yeah, and and for me, it it is a little weird feeling in the hand. It's it's, it's strange. Uh, that's why I just let it sit in the ashtray more than I would a typical. Uh, cigar. You fear holding on to it? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, holding on. Usually, I will hold on to my cigar while I'm smoking it about 85 percent of the time, which is why I smoke them way too fast. That's one of the reasons. I let uh, a Lancero set in the la in the ashtray until I'm ready to to have a draw. It's so funny. Uh, you, you take a look at at how some people review this cigar, the Florida Dominicana Cameroon Cabinet Lancero, and they'll tell you it's a full. It's La Florida Dominicana. Everything they freaking do is a full. 
Their cigars are meant to punch you directly in the face. I would go medium full here. There's, uh, I, that's where I, w I, w I, w I would be on this. But fingers, is it in your humidor for $12 to $15 a stick? Yes. Uh, one or two, I think. Would I buy a box? Probably not. But at that price point, yeah. I'd split the box with you. Okay. That's where I'd be. I wouldn't have a full box either. But every now and then, it, it just works right. Just works right for the, for, for the flavor profile, for the room. La Florida Minicana, the Cameroon, the Cameroon Cabinet. Got so excited I couldn't speak. Smoking a La Florida Dominicana, the Cameroon Cabinet. Cameroon Cabinet. The Lancero, which is a 7.5 by 38. That is a long, thin cigar. But you get a lot of wrapper flavor. Flavors in the wrapper. That's what you want because it's so much wrapper compared to the binder and filler that's in the cigar. And I'm still not through the first third here, fingers. So happy. Yeah. Just works. And yes, a little bit of spice has started to uh, set itself on the tongue, right? But I get that still, from, for me, the Cameroon always brings a, a, a sweetness, and I have within this just this little bit of, of wood, maybe even a touch of nuttiness going on. Super happy. I've had people ask me in the past, and I will ask you this question, when it comes to a Lancero, do you find yourself having to, to touch it up a little bit more than a cigar with a, a bigger ring gauge? You see what you're looking at right now? Yeah. See my cigar right there? Mm -hmm. Have I touched that up at all? I haven't been keeping track. I have not touched it up at all. Okay. No. Um, I guess depending on if, if you're somebody who smokes a 54, 56 ring gauge as a standard, Right, you're used to a bigger draw. So you could get a little bit of, of unevenness going. It could be if you're not engaged in a proper rotation of a cigar, this small round, this small ring gauge, you could get a little more of an uneven burn. I guess that's possible. I have not experienced that. But that could just be me. Yeah. It could just be my own thing. I don't think it's a bad question, actually. Now I'm going to think about it. Okay. And see if... If there's anything about a Lancero with those smaller ring gauges that would maybe create an uneven burn, you you just had yours in the ashtray. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I've only had to touch mine. I did have to touch mine up once, but I, I you know, I, I brought this up at the beginning of the show. I tend to set my Lancero down more than I would, uh, you know, a cigar Afraid with you're a bigger crush ring it? gauge. <laughs> no, it's just because it feels, it doesn't feel natural in my hand because of it's light and, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I think some people will stay away from a Lancero because of how different it feels right. in the hand. Uh, but I enjoy a Lancero because, like you said, so much of the, the flavor comes from the wrapper. Uh, so a lot of times I'll tend to put it in the ashtray and I set mine down a little bit too long. I, I, I think that's fine, right? If, if it's a system that works for you, then go with it. There, once again, there are just no rules. They don't exist. I'm actually uh, this summer, uh, Fingers Malloy, I'm doing a little bit of a training, a bourbon training oh. for, for, for a group of executives. And it starts with, the whole training starts with, there are no rules. Once you get out of the law of what makes bourbon bourbon, after that you are completely on your own and that's very, very freeing. Can you put it on the rocks? Sure. Can you put it on a big cube? Yes. Can you drink it neat? Yes. Can you add a little bit of water? Yes. Can I mix it with something? Sure. There are no rules. Go yeah. do what makes you happy. So if, it, if, if it's more comfortable to set it down, well, then hell, set it down. Yeah, I think a lot of that really has to do with peer pressure, right? When it comes to some of these rules, when you, when you bring up bourbon, uh, 
Yeah. I, so what if what if I said it wasn't peer pressure? It was peer pressure is actually not a bad term. I was gonna say pseudo machismo. By the way, were you expecting pseudo machismo? <laughs> that was not on my bingo card. Pseudo machismo. Guys who think they know. Oh no no, real men don't put ice in there. No, real men wouldn't do- stop it. Do what makes you happy. These people don't know. They don't know anything. Don't you know by now that you have picked some terrible friends? Don't listen to these people. Pseudo. Ask yourself this. Pseudo machismo. I'm looking that up right now. Ask yourself this. Would you let these people watch your kids if you were out of town? Then don't trust them with your bourbon picks. <laughs> that's that's a little bit of that's a little bit of a life advice from Tony Katz right there. Oh. But it's time, Fingers Malloy. For news of the week. Well, Tony, I meant to bring this up last week, and uh, we ran out of time. CNN Plus, the streaming service that was hyped as one of the most significant developments in the history of CNN. I'm reading this directly from CNN.com. Will shut down on April 30th, just one month after it launched. Okay. So CNN Plus doesn't last. Musk buys Twitter. Um, which I can't. I can't even get into it this week. I just need to see how everything shakes out and settles out and everything else. Uh, the the internet's the wild west, baby. The internet's the wild west. There is look, regardless of where your politics are, the story of CNN Plus is that they put three hundred million dollars into CNN Plus, two hundred million into marketing it, and then said, "Nah, <laughs> yeah." Wow. It, it, it also makes me wonder if Jeff Zucker will ever get a job anywhere else because he was a part of the whole debacle over at NBC when it came to moving Jay Leno to 10 o'clock and then you know Conan O'Brien taking over for the, the Tonight Show and then that whole mess and the, 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 uh, the late night talk show Wars 2.0. And then he leaves to go to CNN, and I, CNN Plus was his baby. And to see, I, my goodness, Tony, $300 million, and it lasted a month. I think there were 10,000 subscribers, I thought I, I, I remember reading at one point, and that was it for $300 investment. They had 150,000 subscribers, but they only had around 10,000 daily users. Okay. So it was less than 10% of the subscriber base that was actually utilizing the platform, and that... And that number is only 150,000. So yes, it is it is certainly embarrassing. I think one of the arguments would be if Zucker was still there, this was his baby, would it still be around? But it's a new guy and a clean broom sweeps clean. So there's a lot of pieces here. But one of the things that's true and this is really interesting and this is because of Eat Drink Smoke Nation. Do not forget the power that we all have. Not, not, not Fingers and I as, as podcasters or radio hosts. We all, us, all of us, everyone listening, everyone a part of this. We decided that CNN Plus wasn't worthwhile because we didn't put our money there. It didn't matter that it's vaunted CNN in some people's eyes. It didn't matter that they have this long pedigree. In the end, is it content you're willing to spend your money on? Watching Netflix's stock price take a punch in the face after punch in the face and they're losing subscribers and anything and everything else, which could have a whole bunch of possibilities as to why that's happening. 
in the end, what are we willing to spend our money on? It's an unbelievably empowering moment yeah. that CNN has to realize, and so does the rest of the of, of the content world. You can't just decide that because you have a brand, people will do whatever you tell them to do. They won't do it. No, and as someone who's been a media observer for some time, uh, I don't know if you felt this way. I got a sense when the whole thing was being launched that it wasn't going to work. Because you just look at CNN's numbers and how they've the ratings have fallen over the past 10, 15 years. It, people weren't necessarily tuning into CNN. What was going to make them tune into or pay for a subscription service from CNN, especially when there's so many places where you can get your information for free? What was it about CNN who was they were bleeding viewership? What was it about that product was going to make them make viewers go over and subscribe to a CNN subscription service? So. I, I think you got to take it even a step further. Let's say you're going to CNN for news. Whether, whether you, you saw it politically or whatever, that's what you're going to CNN for. For news. And I think very few people within the CNN world are connected to the hosts. Like, they want to know more about Anderson Cooper. They want to know more about Don Lemon. I just... I, I've never gotten that vibe. I don't know those guys. I just, I just don't see it that way, that there was no connection. When you have connection to a host or to a creator and they're doing something else, you want more of what they have to offer and what they bring, right? So it, 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 sometimes there is just a utilitarian purpose to content, and that's all the people want for it, and they can get it for free. Right. So they weren't going to pay for the news that they were already getting gratis. So they're between that uh, and, and no connection, there's just no, there was no reason. No reason for it to work. Maybe that's something CNN should have known before they started. So we were discussing Netflix and the loss of subscribers. Well, one of the things they're doing now is they're going to put an end to password sharing. And I got to assume that affects how people decide whether or not to keep the, the platform at all. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget the book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. It is the bourbon reader you've always needed. Recipes, quotes, the law, stories. You're going to love the book. Easy to read. Keep it right by the bar. And you are going to be thankful that you did. It is Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. Netflix plans to charge primary account holders an extra fee for every sub-account or password sharer to make up for lost revenue. So the, the, the big expensive plan now is like $15.99 a month, something like that. But people, I think, felt it good because uh, Grandma had a Netflix account. You're like, yeah, Grandma, just use mine or some cousin or your kids if they're in college, whatever it is, they're just on the Netflix uh, account. Now they're going to charge you a couple bucks for sharing um, or, or they're going to maybe get rid of it all together. So in uh, right now, from the prices that I have, they charge in Peru, Costa Rica, and Chile. So it's about $2.13 a month in Peru, $2.99 in Costa Rica, $2.92 in Chile, based on you know uh, exchange rates and all that. But really, if you have people who are sharing your account, it's an extra $3 each. Are they wrong to, to, to charge this? Okay, I, I have to ask a question right off the bat. Because uh, I was never under the impression that this was okay. Tony, was, was this common knowledge that yes. Netflix encouraged people to share their password with if other I people? If I understand it properly, in the beginning, they absolutely encouraged it. 
because they wanted to have all these plays, right? Say, so look at what's going on, what's going. I think that was their marketing back in in the day. And I think if they hadn't lost the subscribers that they just did, maybe they wouldn't be paying attention to it now. To the extent that it makes up a massive portion of their user base, this I don't have an answer for. But if they told me you were going to charge me an extra buck for those, what, once you get to $3, now i got to ask real questions. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like I think of it, well, it's two people, so it's $9 each a month. What a deal. I don't think they see it that way. I think they see it as $18 a month or $19 a month. They say, whoa, up. This is starting to become ridiculous. Well, and we've talked about this previously when it comes to these streaming services, how much the price has gone up over the past few years. And people are starting to feel like they're being nickeled and dimed to death. Uh, I got to believe if this was encouraged, again, I... If I'm being completely honest, I, I've got kids. I do have Netflix, but I never use Netflix. I get most of my entertainment from YouTube. Uh, I, I don't use hardly any of the streaming services. Do you use the whole um, YouTube with, that you pay for? No. I, I, I A lot of times I'll watch podcasts or I'll you know, see get some of my news from, from YouTube, from, from different news networks that put their videos up on YouTube. And uh, you know a lot of my the, the stuff that I'm I'm keeping track of when it comes to sports I you know a lot of these accounts do a really good job of, of, of putting video clips on on YouTube and next thing you know my whole day is gone <laughs> so I don't have time for, for Netflix so I have never been a a, a, a a huge Netflix user that's why it was so surprising to me that uh, to to hear that they encourage password sharing so I could understand why people who signed up originally for Netflix and have had a Netflix account for years and always had that benefit are now feeling like the rug is being pulled from underneath them. And maybe just out of spite, you'll see a lot of people re-examine just how much they use Netflix and whether it's worth it to them to continue to have so if you're So if you're Netflix, you asked yourself that, right? You went through that mathematics and you still said, uh, do it. Well, there or are... Or did they say do it and if there's too much pushback, they don't have to do it? But if there's no pushback, well, then they got some extra bucks. I think that's what it is, don't you think? It's going to all uh, depend on the reaction from their, their customer base. And there's prob- maybe there was an internal discussion between the people who make the decisions and the, the people who look over the finances and say, look at how much money you're losing by not charging people to, sh- uh, to share their passwords. Maybe there was an internal discussion. Uh, debate in Netflix whether or not they should do this and maybe going forward uh, it will be based on whether there's a, a consumer revolt when it comes to, to this new policy consumer revolt is an interesting way to put it it's an interesting way uh, to put it um, I wanted to get into this story I don't know maybe do I, yeah we, we've, got, we've got time we've got time because maybe we'll have to part two this thing because it's a story of a, of a youth ref. You know, the people who'd referee, like, the kids' baseball game, football oh, game, yeah. whatever. Quit. Quit doing it because the parents have become completely insane. And I would say even these, the children who are athletes have become completely insane. A growing amount of violence, a growing amount of attacks, a growing amount of vitriol. People don't know how to handle themselves, and they take it out on the ump or take it out on the ref. And they're like, forget this. I don't need this. Goodbye. We've seen videos where uh, the parents in the stands will give a ref a hard time. and They'll be like, game's over. And they leave. Yeah. 
and they're leaving really for their safety because they don't want to be treated like that. They're doing this thing. They're making no money. They're really contributing their time to do it, and they don't want to be treated like, like garbage. This is, all of this seems like all the precursor to the Will Smith slap. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what it seems like. This is nothing new, though. Right? I mean, it's nothing. I used to be a youth. Uh, I, I used to referee uh, football, baseball, and basketball in high school and early college years. And the grief that we would get from either either parents who were volunteering to be coaches who thought that they were the second coming of Bobby Knight. And you wanted to say to yourself, to the to the coach, slow your roll. You're, you're coaching eighth grade rec basketball. You're not the second coming of Bobby Knight. To parents being out of control, I uh, coached with uh, not. I wasn't uh, refereeing. I coached with a gentleman who uh, coached youth basketball at a school, and then he coached varsity baseball. And I found out after I left a few years later, a parent who was upset with him about his son's playing time uh, hit my friend with a baseball bat in the head. This was back in the, in the, in the early nineties. These coaches aren't getting paid very well. The referees and umpires are getting paid even less. And a lot of them are throwing their hands in the, in the air and saying, this isn't worth it. This is a photo of a woman uh, who is a baseball, a softball umpire who got punched in the, in the eye by a parent that is her black and blue left eye. So he was a righty. The parent, he or she, was a righty. People just getting punched in the face. So they're right to leave. This is also part of the participation trophy era. Yeah. If you don't teach kids early on that there are winners and losers, you also are not training parents on how to deal with winning and losing. And since they all think that their little kid is going to somehow make it to the pros, no, no, your kid's not going to make it to the pros. <laughs> Most probably, your kid is going to wash my car. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. A little tough love isn't the worst thing right now. And that would have come if they had learned that there were sometimes people who won and people who lost. And it's okay. It's how you handle yourself. That really and truly matters. We got to get out of this participation trophy. You have to keep score. It's okay to lose. You just got to know how to do it, and you just got to keep fighting, even if it's frustrating. That's that's just the way it's got to be. See, drink smoke. Guys, the my pillow is absolutely fantastic. I sleep on that thing like you wouldn't believe. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with a pillow. But how about the my pillow towel sets? I shower with those things like you wouldn't believe. And right now, they're only $39.99 a set regularly, $109.99. They're made with cotton grown right in here in the US and they've got this this wonderful feel to them. None of that lotiony feel, highly absorbent because of the proprietary technology that makes them that way. And every set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels and two washcloths. They're available in a variety of colors, machine washable, 60 day money back on guarantee and a one year limited warranty. And you can get the six piece My Pillow towel set regularly $109.99 for only $39.99 with promo code Tony, mypillow.com slash Tony. You'll get discounts all over the place. The mattress topper, the MyPillow Giza Dream bed sheets, and so much more. Go to mypillow.com, promo code Tony. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Pick up a copy today. Light whiskey, which is not 
light whiskey, like you would think of a light beer. Light whiskey is when you say, hey, we want to create something that we think is bourbon, but we understand that we're not going to be following the rules of bourbon. This is where the law comes into play. What happens when you don't use a first-use charred oak barrel to put your juice in to make bourbon? Well, you can make whiskey, but you can't make bourbon when it's a second-use barrel. And that's exactly what the people over there at Hooten Young have done. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy, Hooten Young, H-O-O-T-E-N, and Young, Y-O-U-N-G. Two friends, we're talking about former Delta Force Master Sergeant Norm Hooten and Tim Young. As the story goes, got together, they're having some cigars, they're drinking some whiskey, they're talking about friends and buddies, and the next thing you know, they start a business. And a business that does both whiskey and cigars and a whole series of whiskeys. It's raw cask finishes, Zimbadel cask finishes, but this the Hooten Young Barrel Proof 15-year. It's not bourbon. All bourbons are whiskeys, but not all whiskeys are bourbons. That's the way it goes. And because this is a second-use barrel, which often will be utilized for scotch or Irish whiskey, because it's second-use, it cannot be called bourbon. But it does fit, Fingers Malloy, the rules for bourbon about corn, even though it's not a bourbon, because the mash bill here is 99% corn. Wow. And 1%, what is it, barley? Barley, 1% barley. You have to be at least 50% corn in order to be bourbon. Where the hell did you find this thing? New to blend bar cigar. I walked in this afternoon and said, hey, what do you, you got anything new and interesting? And they pointed me in this direction. Distilled to 189 proof, and bottled at 125 proof, Tony. So what's interesting is that in order to be a, for to fit into this light whiskey category, that's the highest you can go. The highest you can go in this light whiskey world is 100 and 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 uh, 90 proof. It's defined often as a whiskey distilled to higher than 160 and lower than 190 proof, and you could use these these other types of of, of barrels. This is unique and weird and rare and different, but I think a lot of it is coming from, A, there's stories and there's history and there's people tried all different things across the generations, if you will, in the world of bourbon, in the world of whiskey. And some things are really unique in that way. The entirety of the bourbon explosion over the last decade plus has created unique opportunities to try different places to find your niche and to find your place. I don't know if this is going to do it or not because I have never had even anything like it before. Well, I, I, I agree with you. The other thing, too, I'm wondering is if we're going to see more of this kind of product because we're hearing that there are barrel shortages. There's so- everything shortages. Barrel, the actual bourbon. I tried uh, the, uh, just a couple weeks ago. I had a meeting to buy some barrels because uh, I've been talking about doing my own and I want to get started on some ideas and and there's a part of me that thinks that I can actually put something together and 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 wait the I would wait six years uh, and and do it up six years you got to actually wait the years you can't rush it time is time is time the juice needs to be attached to the wood in order to be able to get that flavor but I want to try some things best of luck 
<laughs> Best of luck. The prices are unreal right now. We ready to try this? Absolutely. Ninety nine percent corn. American whiskey is is how they describe it. Hooten, H O O T E N, Hooten Young. Dot com. This is the 15-year. There's also a 12-year. Then some of the other cask finishes. Um, talk to me about that nose. Well, I guess there should be no surprise at 90, 99% corn. There's definitely a sweetness on the nose. Ah, ooh, oh, ha, oh, oh, okay? stings the nostrils. <laughs> yeah. Did you take a snort? Did you? Um, man, there, there. That is a. That's a pretty deep caramel in there. Yeah, caramel, and right. then maybe a maybe little bit of orchard. No, see, I'm not getting the fruit maybe like you are. I do get a little bit of butterscotch. It's interesting, though, right? right? It's it's not bad. No, no not, and, not. And at 125 proof, there's none of that, as you describe it, ethanol or alcohol on the nose. I don't believe, but you... You you took that 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 first uh, sniff and you were like oh 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 I did so did, are you getting the <laughs> ethanol on you though uh, I did I did get a little bit of ethanol right from the right from the start but now I'm going with that butterscotch is really the predominant flavor that I'm grabbing from the nose but fingers below you 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 ready to do this Yep I'm uh, I've been ready for this all day Tony you know I fingers just noticed that I had not gone and taken a look through my Glen Cairn glass. Right, that oddly shaped glass about some of the other things here. It's it's pretty. It is a light color, right? It's a more pale gold than anything else. It does have a touch of viscosity. It does stick to uh, the glass a little bit. It's got a got a little bit of a syrupy look in there. Go for it, fingers Malloy. He's been ready for this all day. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And not only do we have it like this, they made us an old fashioned out of it, which I have no idea how it's going to go. Fingers, you all right? Wow. Uh, sting on the tongue. A uh, little bit of warmth going down. That sting lingers. That sweetness uh, that I was talking about on the nose, it's, it's definitely sweet. I'm getting a little bit of apple um, and brown sugar. It's To me, it's, it's enjoyable. I don't think it's for everyone at the table, though. I want to see what your reaction is. It is the Hooten Young 15-year barrel-proof American whiskey, the uh, light whiskey, but not light like a Miller Lite or anything like that. Here you go. You ready? Oh, you ready? there he goes. He's going in. He is doing the Chattanooga Chomp. He's looking at the glass. Oh, I think you're right about the apple. What that is? There, there. It's very interesting. I want to say for the record, that's not bad. No, that is not bad. And and um, I'm. I don't know what that flavor is. It's it's definitely sweet. It definitely is buttery. I think that's one of the ways I I would describe it. There is a bit of a. Of, a, of an apple, of an orchard thing going on right there. I almost want to... I need a cube. Yeah, we don't have any cubes. I need I need just a chip. Just a chip. I don't even need a cube. I just need a chip. You don't have a chip. Right there. I'll find a chip. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't have one. Um, This is flavorful. And I am right about the viscosity. It coats the tongue. There's no burn going down. There's no warmth in the middle chest. There's no warmth anywhere in the chest. But it does a fantastic job of coating the tongue beautifully, may I add. It does very much linger on the palate, and that's not a bad thing. 
Uh, it, it, to me, I, it does not play like 125 proof. That's for sure. Not at all. Not anywhere near. And I'm interested to try this. And I, we don't have time in this segment. They made they they recommended having this in an old fashioned. They wanted us to try it in an old fashioned. Um, well, it's right there, man. We're gonna do this. Yeah. We're doing old fashions next. Well, look at us. This is our job, people. <laughs> this is our job. Hooten, H-O-O-T-E-N, HootenYoung.com. They also do cigars, which I've never had, which, well, now we're going to have to try. That's got some flavor. We'll get into pricing and everything else. All right, Hooten Young. We'll talk about you twice. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Hooten, one name. Young, another name. Name for the two men who helped put this together. I think it's Norm Hooten and Tim Young. Is that is that his name? Yes, Norm Hooten and Tim Young who made this happen. And they make what's known as a light whiskey, as we've been talking about, which comes from a second filled charred American oak barrel. But being second filled, not a first use, that means it cannot be bourbon. By law, it can't be bourbon. But it can still be whiskey and can still be excellent. And the flavoring on here, uh, I'm getting a little, it's a, it's a buttery feel. Uh, I'm getting butterscotch on, on, on the nose. A little bit of that apple, a little bit of orchard in, in on the palate as well. Lingers on the palate fingers. You're still in that same spot? Yeah, absolutely. One thing, I, I neither one of us really described oak. You getting oak? No, not Me at either. all. So, and I don't know if that just, it's the sweetness. I, again, 99% corn. One percent uh, barley. One percent barley. I can understand why it's it's sweet. And this has been aged for fifteen years. It's it's different. It is unique. And the question that we didn't get to is twofold. Uh, we were told, uh, you know, we record at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, BlendBarCigar.com. They're in Houston. They're in Nashville. They're in Pittsburgh. You got to try it as an old fashioned. It makes a very special old fashioned. Like, all right, not normally my drink, but I'm willing to give it a, a go. And then the question was, is it in your liquor cabinet? I'm like, I don't know, because we didn't even get into price. The whole thing was just pretty unique to us. The MSRP on the Hooten Young 15-year is $125 a bottle, fingers more. Okay, normally that's that's more than I'd like to spend, uh, a lot more than I'd like to spend on a bottle of whiskey. Having said that, uh, well, first of all, we, we do have it on a chip now. Um, or, or do you want to go with the? You got no, the old no, fashioned in your hand. I'll do it on the chip. I'll put that down. I'll do it right on the chip. Mm. Doing it at the same time. That see, that's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. And there's even more of a sweetness to it. A, a citrus. There's a citrus. Yep. Absolutely booming on that right now. That's. I gotta admit, it's good. It's flavorful. I would say it's a bit monotone, right? It's really not a multiplicity of notes going on. That that butterscotch is definitely there on on the nose, and you definitely have that apple now into a into a citrus on 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 the palate, and it's a buttery kind of feel. But it's not hitting me in three or four spots. It's really hard in those couple spots. Yeah, at one hundred and twenty five dollars a bottle, I I don't know if it's in my liquor cabinet, just because that's usually way out of my price range. I like to stay under $70 a bottle and, you know, a lot of times even less than $50 a bottle. But having said that, I definitely think at this point, before I've actually had it in an old-fashioned, which Blend Bar Cigar recommended that we try it in uh, as an old-fashioned, 
I think this is definitely worth seeking out at your local lounge if, if they have it. I, I think it's definitely worth giving a try. Oh, to give a try to? Absolutely, positively, and twice on Sunday. Now, if you do not know how to make an old-fashioned, that's why you need Let's Go Bourbon, our book. <laughs> you will find the recipe right in there. You'll learn how to make simple syrup. You need a little bit of orange, maraschino, cherry. And uh, instead of utilizing the bourbon... We're utilizing this American whiskey. Fingers Malloy, there he goes. He's taking his sip of an old-fashioned. Okay, that's nice. Is it? Yeah. Um, the the you know they got the little orange peel in there. It brings out a little bit more of the citrus. It's a sweetness that I you know maybe it's the simple syrup, um, and then they've got the real cocktail cherries in here. Tony, uh, I, I think it's, it is very nice and plays very well in an old-fashioned. And an old-fashioned is not a cocktail I would normally or order either. So why don't you give it a, give it right. a, give it a dance? I'm doing, what... I am doing here the Hooten Young Man, uh, old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. Yep. old-fashioned. Here we go. And he's going in. And yeah, it's, I, I, it's not your flavor profile. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's I am so not a mixed drink drinker. Yeah, just as it's where I am. It's how the the, the flavors come come to me. Uh, I would rather do this on on the cube. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do the Hoot and Young on on the cube right there. An interesting interesting play. So we wanted to finish it up. I mean, you we don't usually go and continue, but there was something interesting here. I like what they're doing. I like that. I now want to try the twelve year. I want to try some of their their uh, cask finishings uh, that 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 they've got. I like to try the cigars too. Uh, they do have a whole line of cigars that we will uh, get into. Uh, there were there were a couple other things, a couple other stories that I wanted to to hit, um, and there was this because we should at least you know never not go without a list. <laughs> the people over there, twenty four seven Wallace. That's Wall Street. 247wallstreet.com. Um, they have done the math and noticed that the average beer consumption for Americans is 28.2 gallons. Mm-hmm. Is that a year or is that a lifetime? I believe that's a year. Or is that a month for you? Uh, a good week. So they looked at 9,000 breweries, or there are 9,000 breweries, and the number is growing. And they said, here are the lowest rated um, uh, beer in America. They found the lowest rated beer in America, according to them. Now, when I say to you, lowest rated beer, Fingers Malloy, what immediately do you think of? I would think of some discounted mass produced light beer. Okay. That's what I would think. So you'd be thinking uh, a, a Natty Light. Yes. You'd be thinking. Milwaukee's Best light, something like that. Okay, that's where you. That's where you would be. I, I can understand it. I can appreciate it. I have here the list of the thirty, right? And so number thirty on the list is Old English eight hundred. Like, oh, that's I don't a think malt, that's malt liquor. Liquor, yeah, right. So I don't know if that fits into any of our categories in terms of least favorite beers. The Bud Light Lime Arita was twenty nine. Arita, Lime Arita. Margarita with a twist, but also a malt liquor. These don't count. 
Ice House is number 27. I didn't even know they still made Ice House. I had no idea they still made ice beer in general. Boy, back in the 90s, though, it was all ice beer. Ice oh. beer, dry beer. Yep, all yeah. of it. Number 15 on the list that jumped up was Keystone Premium. You ever have the Keystone? Yes, I have had Keystone because I believe they come in a 30-pack, if I'm not mistaken. So I like to stretch my discounted beer dollar. Michelob Ultra was number 13. Bush Light was number 12. Bud Ice, number 11. Ice. Oh, good Lord. Bush Ice, number 10. Then Bud Light is number 9. Milwaukee's Best Light is 8. Beer 30 Light. What? I've never heard of that. 7. Miller 64 is number 6. Never heard of Miller 64 either. Natural Ice is 5. Keystone Light is 4. Sharps is number 3. Natural Light is number 2. And the... Worst beer in America, according to this list. Budweiser Select 55. You've just mentioned like 20 beers I have never heard of ever. 2.4% alcohol by volume. Is that why? I'm guessing that's why. Is that the reason? But what does it mean, Select 55? Oh, it's 55 calories. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Maybe they're right. I don't know. (laughs) The Bourbon and Beyond Festival. It's a four-day event in Kentucky. And Rolling Stone has this story about who's playing the show, who's going to be there at the event. And some of these people, right? You tell me Chris Stapleton's going to be there. I'm like, I'm in. I mean, you tell me that Jack White's going to be there. I'm like, all right, respect. I'm in. You tell me Pearl Jam's going to be there. I have a thing to do. I'm so sorry. Those four days, oh. I'm so busy those four days. I'm not I'm not paying to watch Eddie Vedder lecture to me about nothing. Nothing. <sighs> it's a shame. I, I would rather watch Train. I'm sorry? I said I would rather watch Train. If if Hell has a soundtrack, you you're, understand You're so bitter. It's Hey Soul Sister on a loop. Over and over. Who's that, Mister Mister, on the radio? That's what I've been asking. Good lord! It's a shame. I, you know, as a a child of the '90s, just roll with me on that. Uh, I I loved. I loved when everyone went from hair metal to grunge, and I I love Pearl Jam. But I, and I still look fondly upon those years and and listening to, you know, uh, Ten and Vitology and. Uh, some of their classic albums, but I, I just don't want to be lectured by anyone uh, over politics at a concert. And too often, that's what happens at a Pearl Jam concert. And I just—it's an escape, Tony. Music is supposed to be an escape from the real world, and, and too often, uh, Eddie Vedder likes to to throw his politics in. So like, I, oh, I, I and I, I swear to you, you want to talk, ruin Alanis Morissette? I'll go see Alanis Morissette. You don't like Alanis Morissette? She's not lecturing. Here's the deal. I just want to enjoy, and that's just it. I don't. There's a time for my politics, and then there's a time not for my politics, or anybody else's for that matter. Alanis Morissette and Jagged Little Pill. For me, uh, it was it was a fine album, and, I and, and want you to now. So I was a bartender back in the '90s. I'm happy for you. And I had uh, we had a jukebox. I wish nothing else. Nothing but, sorry. Yeah. The best about. And every Friday and Saturday night, without fail, a group of angry young women. Well, I'm here. 
would load up the shoe with Alanis Morissette and scream of the I, mess you left when you went away. Yeah, they would all scream that song. It's not fair. And it was Groundhog Day. To remind me. Remind you? Remind me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. That was the baseline. Do 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 do. Well, Alanis Morissette, the, 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 her music is known for the bass line. Uh, but no, I, I because of that, because every Friday and Saturday night, I would have to hear Jagged Little Pill over and over and over again. It, it wrecked it for me. So I, I admire her. She's got a good voice. And, uh, you know, did they only fun. play that one? Oh, it's always that one. And then there was there's some. Acapella. Mr. Play It Safe was afraid to fly. <laughs> Back to suitcase. No, that was Kiss too- his kids goodbye. That was too happy. He waited his whole damn life to take that flight. And as the plane crashed down, he thought, well, isn't that nice? I got to tell isn't you. Isn't it ironic? I think I speak for America when they're listening to this. Uh, when I say, you're really wasting your talents. Tony. It's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've already paid. <laughs> I'm not even looking at lyrics, guys. That's how good I am. It's good and fast. You you're, just can't take. You're doing a little Dean Martin with it, too, where you're adding a skippity-bop-boop along with it. Adding, adding, adding words and the whole thing. It's, uh, you're adding a person. I think there should be. We should look into One Night with Tony Katz. A, a microphone. And Alanis. <laughs> a One Night with Tony Katz and his music. <laughs> Needs no, to happen. I, I don't even know. I can't believe I've got that much of a memory of those lyrics, but I do. They played the, the songs every five minutes. Ingrained, if you're a Gen Xer, it's just, it's just the way. It sounds like a cool festival, though. It sounds like a cool festival, but I'm not. I will. I refuse to let Pearl Jam into my life. Uh, Chris, I mean, it's it's just it's annoying. But Chris Stapleton, I could listen. Oh, to all day, the all night. Book. Absolutely. Yeah. That guy's fantastic. And fiftieth anniversary set from the Doobie Brothers. I'd be fine. That'd be fun. All right. You're starting to convince me. 50th anniversary, Tony. Yeah. Ugh. Sad. Why? Sad. We're all getting old. That's you. Do you feel that? Do you feel like you're getting old? Not until I hear that the, fi- <laughs> the two big brothers are going to do the 50th anniversary set. Then it's like, oh, wow. Time's creeping up. Father Time is a jerky McJerk face. You know the chick that uh, Alanis Morissette got dumped for? The, the chick? Right. The, that, that, that other chick who the guy was with, she's now a grandma. That's how oh, old you boy. are. Yeah. There it is right there. Joe Rogan is making a claim. <laughs> That's a great segue. <laughs> he is claiming that for all the abuse he took about misinformation and all the attacks on his podcast, gained 2 million subscribers. I could see that. Okay. Can you? 150%. Uh-huh. It's it's the it's the Streisand effect. Explain oh, the Streisand effect one more time. I can please. do the Barbara Streisand effect. Barbara Streisand, singer, has a place in Malibu, and it's on, it's right there on the ocean. I mean, beautiful, beautiful place. And some years ago, there were some photographers taking photos of coastal erosion in California, and so they're taking a picture of the shoreline, and boom, there's her house in it, and it published, and she got very angry. It's Barbara Streisand. It's her house. It's an invasion of privacy. And she said, you take that photo down. Don't you dare publish that photo. And everybody said, wait a second. That's a picture of Barbara's house? I want to see it. 
So the Streisand effect is when by trying to get less attention to something, you create more attention to the thing. That's the Streisand effect. That's what they did to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, when you have these media giants trying to silence people, and it wasn't just media giants, uh, you know, it was these online campaigns on Twitter. Uh, more often than not, people will look, want to know why are people trying to silence this person? And they'll be curious and to go over and and, and try to find uh, what this person is saying. And, and look, Joe Rogan isn't some kind of weird conspiracy theorist guy. He has a good podcast that people enjoy, you know, and he has conversations. So God bless him. And so it looks like people stuck around after they were, <laughs> they didn't right. know about Joe Rogan. And, 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 you know, you had this media firestorm. I bet he was, I, I would love to know uh, <laughs> if he was dancing on CNN uh, plus his grave. Because all the stuff that was going on between him and CNN, you know. It, it uh, hmm, maybe. It, 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 there, there is something to be said for all of the people who have tried to tell us what is news, what is fact, what is real. Regardless of your politics, there's been a lot of that over the past couple of years. And how a lot of those sources have been just flat out rebuffed and no you you I, I can do my own research hey listen I'm gonna listen to this doctor and I'm gonna listen to this doctor no you can't silence one because you don't like what they're saying there's been this really uh, I think valuable pushback to those ideas and it's one of the few things that I've seen that makes me say you know what I think American society can be all right. I don't think it's all over. I don't think it's all lost. I don't think it's all doomed as 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 a lot of people do. I, I rather think that there are people out there who recognize that they've kind of been done dirty. They they they've been told they have to think a certain way otherwise they're they're anti-science or you have to do something else or otherwise you know uh, fear mongers you're going to get this person hurt. They want to hear what other people have to say and they don't want to be told they can't. That's the vast majority. There's some people very happy, very happy to put you in the lockdown, very happy to, to lock down your information. But I think more Americans are on the side of the openness of, of the conversation. Hooten Young, 15-year barrel-proof American whiskey. It's worth trying. See if it's at your lounge. And if it is, try it. And the La Florida Minicana, the Cameroon Cabinet, this Lancero, yes, there's a few of these in my humidor. Without question, I'm just a sucker for a Cameroon rapper. Every time, all the time, without question. Just can't get enough of a Cameroon rapper. This from the Ford Dominicana. It's it's a big cigar. It's a big cigar. You're going to enjoy it. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com next time. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.